Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Let's Get Lost podcast. We are joined by Cody Grounds. I'm just calling you my brother-in-law from yeah, now on. I'm not, I'm not waiting for you two to get married, <laughs> so I'm just going to say brother-in-law. So Cody Grounds is Danielle's boyfriend <laughs> of like 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 26. It's well, fine. <laughs> that shows how long you guys have been together at this point. Um, and just a super cool guy. The more I get to know Cody, the more I like him. My very first introduction to you, Cody, do you remember that? Um, or was it, there was two actually. There was no, two. No, there was the first I don't remember one. which one came first. So the first one came when I came over with Danielle and like three of her friends to go swim in the pool at night. And you came out <laughs> fucking screaming and I'm like, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> and then Danielle runs over there. Like you just tell her, she's like, Mark, you've ruined it. <laughs> like you ruined it. Yeah. I, I have my friends over and you just ruined it. Now they all want to leave. <laughs> and so then he, he goes back inside and then Danielle's like, we got to be quiet. And it's like, well, this is, this is not. What fun. does she normally call you? Danny. Danny. Who is this Danielle character? Everybody Hold on. You. If you're talking, you got to do you. better with the microphone. Everybody you're talking to knows me as Danny, not Danielle. I don't know what this whole Danielle business is about. This is Danielle. But also, you ran like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there's some details. Yeah, well, I did. So, I did. I was like, there's some angry guy in that camper that's pissed off. We got to go. So they were out. I, I don't, I only remember the story, not the event, right? So I remember mm -hmm. what I was told about it. But from what I understand and totally believe everyone that's told me, <laughs> I must have been inside. I doubt I was sleeping because that's seldom the case. Were. But I was, it was doing. Back when you at dish. Oh, so I might have been. You, sleeping I think then. you were sleeping because all the lights were off. Like you yeah. were. It wasn't like how it looks like out there now. <laughs> so I heard a ruckus, and instead of you know keeping my cool, I busted out like a psychopath and just. <laughs> I had just said, "I'm sure, shut the fuck up or keep it down," and. That's I don't remember Cody running, but Danielle uh, told me he just dipped oh, out. Oh, I jumped out. I I <laughs> oh, jumped. I was on the tramp. I jumped into the pool. Jumped out of the pool, and I was like, Danielle, I'm leaving. See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you came back. So the I was second time, at the time, though, the second time I met you, well, saw yeah. you. Do you remember? Was and it? the best part is he wasn't even all hammered. This is just Cody. Oh yeah, I, oh I do. I saw the pictures. I just we went camping the night before. And we stayed up late, and then when... We uh, as in the kids. The yeah, the, yeah, yeah. me and Danny and our friends, and we went camping, and this is all before me and Danny were even dating. Or even, like, really <laughs> thinking about dating, right? We were just friends. We were yeah. just friends, and then um, we went back to her house, because it was hot. We came back down from the mountains, and so, you know, mm -hmm. you rolled down your window, and you're like, holy shit, it's hot down here. And we went to the pool, and we swam for a little bit, and I just, I don't know, I was just laying there, and I wanted to take a nap, and I put my hand on my cheek and went like this, and I I, 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 so, I just remember sleeping for four hours and woke up, and all I wanted, I was so hungry, and there was pizza in front of me, and I was like, oh, just so by by laying down, he means face first on our astroturf deck, which is just basically on the ground. I mean, there's no structural like lift to this thing. Just outside, I love it. And then I walk by, I'm like, who is this? Who the hell is this? It's like, oh, that's just. I was like, because I assumed you're just wasted. Oh yeah, right, been there. I did. I I drank a little bit, but I I got up that morning from camping and I. 
went dirt biking like yeah. by myself just hopped everyone else still sleeping like i made it a point to go dirt biking and so that's what i did i, I was just it was just one of those weird things yeah. where you were just tired and well and just to find somebody who could sleep the way you do under any circumstance like this like, is amazing it's truly amazing yeah man so remember the third time no we what were, was the third time? We were up camping, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we were up. Oh, camping. when I was in love with you! Oh, you were so in love. <laughs> I love <laughs> Cody. And and you like lifted up my shirt, and you're like, God damn, because you would. So he, Cody is. Are you taller than me, or just about? Probably just about. We're we're about the same height. Um, both have beards, but Cody works out. He's adamant, uh, adamant exerciser. Consistency. Yeah, and. I just, when I get drinking, I get a little lovey. <laughs> I get a little touchy. Um, very uh, just expressive. Um, and because, were you two? No. I don't think, were we? Yeah, we were. Yeah, you were. Because yeah, I we was were. giving you the business, too. Yeah. Yeah. When we were chopping wood, weren't we? Yeah, or, something or something like that. No, no, you took me away. From yeah, I took else. Cody away. And everyone was like, go help Cody. And we weren't even doing anything. I literally was just talking to Cody. But I kept lifting up his shirt and just like, look at these fucking abs. Because it was impressive. I, I could respect the grind. Yeah. And as we both sit here in our gym shorts and shirtless, there's a clear difference <laughs> as, he, <laughs> as, he, as he pecks his boob. Yeah, in the in the different lifestyles that Cody and I live. Because what do you do for a living right now? Um, just construction work. So and then, but also, out uh, once out of the year. So I guess it would be November through February. I'm in Texas goose guiding. Goose guiding. How did you get into that? So. Well, it kind of really all stems back to when my dad took me goose hunting. Um, and I didn't even have my hunting license at the time. He just, I tagged along with him mm -hmm. when I was younger. Um, and he would go to all these different places or whatnot on the weekends because he'd always be gone goose hunting on the weekends. Um, and so I'd be like, well, I want to go. And so he finally took me. And then I went every single weekend. I didn't have a hunting license. I was just sitting there in the bu bushes, like watching them shoot the birds and stuff yeah. like that. And then he took me to go get my hunting license. I, cause you need a hunter's, hunter's education card. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can purchase a hunting license. Um, and so I had to go take that first. And the first day that the first day that I, sh or the first day I got my hunting license that afternoon, we went out and I shot my first goose. How old were you? Uh, 12. It was in Damn. 2005. And then, um, and then I don't know, just ever since, ever yeah. since then it was just like, so I went it, from a curiosity to a hobby. To a hobby. And then how long, what was the evolution so, of that hobby to where you actually got yeah, paid to do yeah. it? So the evolution would be, so I did it like on the weekends with my dad um, all the time. And I remember, I remember when I'd be in like sports and I remember one time there was, we were in Walden or not Walden, what the heck, I, we were at Walt Clark and I was at a wrestling. Yeah, middle school. Yeah, middle school. Yep. And, and, and I remember my dad was going goose hunting. And I was at a wrestling tournament and I was just so, I, he called me and told me that they killed a limit of birds. And I was so just pissed off because you didn't have a license. No, no, no. This is when I did have my, this oh. is when I was in like eighth grade or something like that. And, and I was so pissed off 
that like he w- I wanted to be a part of it. Like I wanted to kill a limit. Like if he killed a limit, that means well, I think he killed like twelve birds. I was which say, means, what's limit? which means there was probably fifty birds that came in in front of him, him and his buddies, and I could have been shooting. Yeah. And I like I tried so hard to get out of that tournament too. Like I was letting people beat me. I was just like, oh yeah, I'll follow my back. Uh, like because once you get disqualified, then you can go home. You can go. And I want to go. I want to go goose hunting. I get my mom to drive me up there. And we can go goose hunting, and uh, the the it's uh, the uh, like in the hunting industry they say it's like in the blood, mm-hmm. and I I believe it. Like it's like it's one of those things that like natural born hunter. Yeah, but it, it's like I have to do it. Like I don't know how to like I have like if if there's ducks feeding in a cornfield and I know it's gonna snow at eleven o'clock, or I can go make a hundred bucks. I'm gonna pick the ducks over a yeah. hundred bucks every single time. That's, because because I have like I have to like I cannot not do it like just I don't know it's just it's it's not as bad as it used to be but it used to be really bad. So what aspect of it is the that gives you that biggest thrill or that what oh, what part like, of it makes you the most like yes I love this. So when you're like let's say it's uh let's say I don't know like let's just say it's supposed to snow at eleven o'clock right ducks are gonna go feed. At 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as that snow starts spitting. A.M.? Uh, A.M.? Yeah, A.M. You don't hunt them at night. You can only have oh, the sun true. up, sun down. I am not a hunter. <laughs> I have nothing <laughs> against hunter. I am hunting. I just never have, so I know very little about yeah, it. Yeah, so, let, so let's say it's going to snow at 11 or 2 o'clock, whatever, right? And those ducks, they're going to go feed at 11 o'clock. Like, as soon as that snow starts spitting, they, they get up and they just get in, like, survival mode. And they want to go. They, they're just going to go feed and they're going to go feed and their whole, like, it's unbelievable how much corn they can fit in just their mouth and their gut. And then they fly back and forth in between feed and water, just going back and forth feeding. Through that so where corn. are they feeding? In the cornfields. Corn. Oh, so they just find fields. Yeah, they eat. just find fields. It's kind of like follow the leader. Like they're birds of habit. So like if they keep hitting the same cornfield every day, they'll just keep going to it as long as there's no pressure behind it. No kidding. Like there's no one hunting it or something like that. They'll switch up. Like if, you know, maybe the wind switches pretty hard, going out of a different direction or... Um, they run out of food in, in mm. that field or whatnot. But a lot of times they'll just keep going back to the same field. And so the the best part about it, like you were just saying, the best part about it is when you're sitting there, and I mean, they're tiny ants in the sky. I mean, mm-hmm. just tiny. And you, they couldn't get down fast enough. Ducks, that way maybe, you know, five, six pounds. Well, okay, first of all, what are and, we talking about? Geese or ducks? Ducks. Okay, ducks. ducks. Yep, ducks. Just making sure. Yeah, ducks. And, uh. And they can't they can't get down fast enough. Like I mean, little little ants. Like mm-hmm. I mean, little ants in the sky, and they just cup up their wings, and they don't even Fall. beat. They just <laughs> and like I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Like so and then, the and then they come will in, take basically stop flying, take their wings in. Oh, just couple, and they'll just start nose diving. Yep, nose di- uh, Not really nose diving. It's it's a uh, it's so a bird flaps, and they go like they go like this. So forward. <laughs> yeah dude that's what like, they're just bulleting yeah, through the they sky are. And then, okay like, well, and then like the way you set up your spread makes them so that they don't shoot spread, over you spread your, as your, in yeah, what? your spread so your goose spread your, your decoys. shotgun spread no 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 your goose decoys okay so when How you, you set to, up the yeah field. so when you set up when you set up your goose decoys um or duck decoys you set them up in a way so that they don't overshoot you so that they come in so that when and always make sure that the wind's at your back so they're having to fight that wind to come in mm-hmm. and they're not having to crawl over you and then they'll I don't know, you make like a little U-shape with the decoys mm-hmm. or you make a little pocket. They'll land in there every single time and they, they'll land in there every single time and then they're right in front of you. They're right at your feet. 
So and they're at like six, seven yards, and you're just uh, kill them and, right there. And, and you know everyone's waiting for that one shot call. So you you tell one person to. There's always one person calling the shot, and so everyone's online. They're just waiting for it, and you just. Hmm. And, so if you could, so that's how they dive. We brought up a picture of. Well, we were talking yeah, about the dive. Kinda. We picked up. Look up ducks. Diving duck, towards duck, the ground or ducks something. Ducks decoying. Um, so one thing that I always thought was weird is yep. I know as prey, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. survival in numbers. Um, but what about wouldn't they? Because those would be stranger ducks. Like no, what? Do you think they, they, they wouldn't be welcomed? No, man. Like that's the thing though is like they love other like that's that's the that's why you set out decoys yeah like when you're on a pond or you're so why do our ducks have such issues all the time because they're domesticated oh is that why (laughs) probably wild ducks i mean wild wild ducks they they get pissed off like if you watch if you watch geese and ducks like feed and stuff like that like there'll be a goose trying to reach over between this other goose's leg to get food and it'll turn back around and attack it really and then they'll just go their own separate ways and then yeah they did they're constantly bickering so there's not really teams so to speak there's not like no. flock a and flock b they don't get along um, well. like in the early season they're they're not really um not really don't get along but like early season like september 1st yeah um you can go hunt geese and stuff like that and i've like experienced like a whole flock comes in and you kill everyone but the mother and the mother will go land next to its dead baby and then it'll sit there and hiss and then eventually it'll it'll fly off or whatever but it'll sit there and hiss and like you killed my fucking family. Yeah, I bet. You know? so. That's got to hurt. Yeah, but Can then, but then later, last? But, but then later on in the season, <laughs> after they start migrating and they got, I mean, they start migrating and stuff, they're, I mean, they're all kind of just intertwined. But, I mean, I've also, I've also, like, uh, heard of stories where, like, people have killed banded geese and it's consecutive numbers on these bands that they attach to their legs. Um, you've seen them in the park and stuff like that. It's yeah. a metal band. And they, they're all banded numbers. So, like, it's, one zero four eight five two two five six or something and then the next one will be five seven five eight and i've heard of people in december killing there's a flock of geese that comes in and they kill six birds and it's all consecutive numbers which means the mom it's babies it's dad they wow. they they flew they migrated together yeah 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 generations <laughs> wiping out entire generations um, right yeah, there. looking at Cody oh, Graham's, oh. Cody Grounds has an Instagram that we're, we'll plug at the end, but, um, takes a lot of very, very cool duck photos. It's, uh, very if cool. you keep scrolling, there might be. So what do you do with the, when you're personally hunting, what mm-hmm. do you do with all the birds and the meat? So a lot of people get like confused because when you kill like a hundred birds, you have, you have 10 people with you, right? Mm-hmm. So the birds are getting, you can only take home five. Like that's your possession limit. That's what you can take home. So when I take home my birds, I save up the meat for a few days or whatever. And then you just make jerky out of it. And mm-hmm. then you have it, you have it to eat in the, you know, the duck blind or whatever, the goose blind. Or, uh, you guys have fed it to the dogs. Before. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Like Emma won't eat or something. Mm-hmm. You just feed it. Like, that's what I did with her when I was in Texas. Like mm-hmm. she wouldn't eat because it was like my first year down there. So she wasn't, she wasn't, She's used to going hunting with me, but it's kind of like wake up at 4.30, let's go down the block, let's go hunt. She wasn't used to being in a dog kennel. She wasn't used to hunting every single day in that atmosphere. And so she didn't really, she wasn't familiar with the area, so she didn't really want to eat. And so I just, like when I was cleaning the geese, they have like this like uh, tenderloin underneath their breast. It's kind of like a a pinkish, whitish color. And 
I just always ripped that off and gave it to her to eat. Oh, that's cool. Because she would eat that. And I'm like, well, as long as you're eating something, I mean, it's like, uh, you'll eat when you're hungry, I guess. And then she finally did. Like, when she was like, okay, like, we're not going back to Colorado. Yeah. And this is the same Emma that loves <laughs> to uh, bust in on the podcast from time to time. Yeah, she's not a hunting dog anymore, but. So, um, the nice thing about uh, Cody's being with you is now I get to render all that duck fat next season. Mm-hmm. So me and Cody talked about that big time. Is one, um, I accidentally gave away his turkey this year. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. It, I got, I got it. It was good. Yeah. So another hunter friend of mine, Joe, he um, brought me a turkey breast, and we had uh, Cody's turkey breast and Joe's turkey breast in the fridge together, and I accidentally smoked. But they were two different breasts because his. Uh, Joe's was a Merriam. So the his, type of duck, type of, go- type or of turkey, turkey, type yeah, of type, turkey, type of turkey. And then mine was, uh, mine was a Rio and mine fed on corn, which was in the cornfields, uh, out, out in Eastern Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's where it fed. And his fed on sage, sage, uh, sage brush. Cause yeah, it's sage a mountain brush. bird, right? Yeah, it's a mountain bird. So, I mean, imagine so how much changed- food you see on the ground when you're in the mountains <laughs> of a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get the... So it changes the flavor big time. It does. It's like eating a, it's like eating a whitetail that is out in eastern Colorado that sage. feeds on the cornfields and then a, a oh, mule deer that... What the fuck do I know, man? And then, a, and then a mule deer that feeds up in the mountains on sagebrush, you know? Huh. Well, because I thought... And they're that- way more gamier. Like the mule deer that are up there are way more gamier. Well, isn't it because they also have a lot, it's harder for them to travel, so they're just, they're what? a little tougher, like on, closer to the mountains, where, because um, out in the fields, I mean, I'd assume it'd be hard for them to travel just because of snow and going up and down mountains and mm-hmm. stuff, compared to being on flat ground and being like, well, my food's here, my water's here, I'm going to stay in between these two places, you know? That's true. And then, like, in the mountains, it's kind of like, well, the deer's going to have to, the river's down there, but maybe the food's over these next two ridges, mm-hmm. but... Huh. I'm not much of a big game hunter myself. That's my next question. I know you mostly do fowl. Yeah. Have you ever hunted big? Anything big? Oh, uh, just deer. That's it. Have just you gotten deer. a deer? Yeah. How yeah. many? Oh, probably twenty or. Oh, so you're pretty yeah. good at it. Yeah, like every yeah. year. Every. every yeah. Well, no, I'm not really good at it. I'm just well, really cons- good at shooting a rifle at 300 yards. <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> they and, argue that man, if you get one. In your lifetime, you're stellar. Yeah. But then I met you, and Cody's like, yeah, I never don't get something. Yeah, well, no, no, like, goose hunting and stuff, like, there's been very, very, very few times that I've been zeroed, like, goose hunting. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, very, like, I usually at least kill one. Like. Why do you think that is? It has to do with scouting. Has to do, has to do, uh, I mean, 100, 98% of it's scouting. 98, like. 99% 99% of it's scouting. So how do you scout for birds? Um, What's the telltale sign? Well, you got to find the roost. So once you find the roost... It's like, um, how do you find the roost? Okay, so... so Well, I mean, if you don't want to no, give away no, everything, no, that's no, fine. No, 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 yeah, that's this, fine. no, 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 no. Okay, you're no, talking no. to yeah, I know. a fool. I, I have to remind. I have to <laughs> okay. remind myself. So the root, so the roost is where is their home. That's their house. That's Th- their house. This, this is our roost right here. This okay. house is our roost, right? This is where we return. Yes, this is where okay. we return every single day after work. Every time we eat, this is where we return, right? So That's the birds. The are, okay. So the birds are the same way. Their roost, which is a lake or a playa of some sort, that is their roost. A playa, like a like a water sh- watershed. 
Any, oh, anything gotcha. with water. So Dragon. birds, so birds roost or anything with water, but it has to. And protection. Yeah, ha, yeah, exactly. So like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna. I've seen birds roost on like little sheet water where it's like up to your ankle before, and I've seen that. But like, bit like their actual home is usually on bigger lakes yeah. in the big of like, like jumbo reservoir out out in eastern Colorado. It's where they huge, can get away from yes. the shore. Well, and then the foxes ain't gonna get them mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They sit out there in big old rafts. But that's so. So from there, you find that you find that roost. What are the telltale signs? Just follow uh, them, or yeah, like I mean, a lot of it's just like windshield time. So just looking looking on the horizon and just trying to find birds. Just trying to find birds and see where they're going. Um, a lot of it is like if I was, so if I was going to go to a different place, I know that at 11 o'clock, they're going to go to their roost mm -hmm. at 11, at 11 or 12 o'clock. They're going to go to the roost. So if I'm driving down the highway and I see birds flying and they're relatively low, I follow them. They're going to their roost. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I go to that roost. I'll wait till three or four in the afternoon, whenever it's usually an hour or two hours before shooting light, um, that they, that they'll get up and then I follow them to where they're going to go feed. And then when I follow them to where they're gonna go feed, I have to I have to see how long they're sitting in there. Are they jumping up a lot? Because if they're jumping up a lot, that means that they're it's hard for them to find food, which means they're not gonna be in there for very much longer. What's jumping up a lot? So like they'll just jump over each other. So they'll oh, get up and flap okay. and jump over each other. Gotcha. But if you find like a feed that if you find like a feed that um, that they're really content and they're not jumping a lot, they're not flapping a lot. They're not getting up in huge wads and spinning over the field and landing back down again. Like that's that's really good. Okay. So you look for that. Um, you look for you make sure that they stay there. Um, a term that we use is like putting them to bed. So making sure that they go they go there, they feed, and when they go feed, they go back to the roost. So they you know it wasn't like you know an hour left of daylight and they're still feeding and you take off and say oh yeah we're good to hunt you know like this this looks good and then you didn't realize that some guy walked in there and shot the birds out of there you know yeah so you put them to bed um um so that's about putting it, really. to bed you'd go back to where they roost to make sure that yep that's yeah yeah going. yeah so then you know in the sunset you're literally just looking for black mm -hmm. dots making sure that they're just falling out of the sky into that roost wow you know they made it back you go wake up the next morning and but but go. there's so many variables mm -hmm. like the wind, the weather, um, the wind, the weather um, ha has so much to do with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially like the wind, like the wind has so much to do with it. Oh, yeah. Like if like if you're on a roost and they go, they fly out, like let's say the last two days they've been flying out north, right? Well, they're flying six miles. I know that in a 30 mile an hour wind, they're not going to make it six miles. They're going to stop short somewhere. So where are they going to stop short at? Well, it might be the field that runs into the roost, the wheat field that's right there. They're just going to hop right out of there, right? Yeah. So, and then the other thing too is, is, is there snow along with that? Because if, is there fog along with that? Because if that's the case, they're going to be jumping all day long. They're going to be jumping from field to field to field to field. They're going to be feeding all day long. So because it's foggy, they don't fly far. They no, fly short distances. They short. They fly short distances, or sometimes they can't even find the field that they were in the day before. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, the so there's some real thought that there, goes there into is, these well, birds. Well, and then like so, I was just explaining the weather and the wind. Yeah. So on days like that, like when I'm in Texas, I know that the next day is a four mile an hour wind. 
that means there's no there's no wind for the birds to be get set up into at all like that means that like they're going to spin your decoy spread and you kind of just got to shoot them when they come or it gives them more time for them to pick you out because mm-hmm. in that wind they get down low and they get down wind and they get low and they just crawl right in they don't even see you because they get so low they just see all the decoys so they think they're comfortable because the winds when the wind's high that's what they do yes gotcha but like i was saying in texas i know that it's a four mile an hour wind so they're going to be sky high i mean just sky high i mean unbelievably high so it's gonna take them forever to work means they if there's little wind they're higher yep yeah if there's little wind they're higher i don't know just there's there's nothing fighting them the way they well and it's not always like that like it could be four mile an hour winds for you know two weeks and they'll be medium height Hmm. you know it's all it's always the day after that huge win where there it is I think it's because they got. I think it. I think it's because they got their ass kicked in the wind, flying two feet above the ground. That they're like, "Hey, I get to be up here and actually yeah. get to see where I'm going." And well, from like an aerodynamics perspective, if you instead of a bird, you have an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, wind is a huge factor to how yep. far you can fly. Yep. It is very difficult to fly into the wind. Mm-hmm. It well, takes just, you longer. You go slower. It's just everything about it's more difficult. Well, and then like think about like an airplane that's gas powered, and think about a bird that's using just its muscles, muscles. to fly. Yeah. So it has a lot to do with it. Well, and one thing too, and uh, so there's a there's something called ground effect mm-hmm. when you're close to the ground. About about uh, wings length from the ground. Once you get there, the wind is completely different from literally eight feet. So six eight. Yeah. It goes from going from windy to relatively not windy at all yeah. towards the ground. Huh. And I just wonder if that has anything to do with birds flying low uh, because they're not know. in the... So when do they fly low the most often? When it's high wind? Yeah, when it's high wind. And that wind. makes sense then yeah. because they go to where it's mm-hmm. less windy yeah. so that they have less But resistance. I've also seen it too where like the ground wind's low and up here's not. So they're like, they're flying like they normally would mm-hmm. and it ain't until they get, you know, whatever how many feet that is you know and then they get they get they're coming in and all of a sudden the wind's fighting them see i need to show you that the website i use for flight planning yeah because it actually breaks down the wind based off of elevation Mm -hmm. so you like know how fast the wind is going at 500 feet right or a thousand feet rather than just what the general you know weather app or whatever tells you yeah, and the, the weather app is my friend. Like, yeah, like I'm checking it every like, and everything's like everything's so, like thought out. So like in Texas, when I'm guiding, we have a group every single day. How two, big well, are those have, groups typically? So we have two groups every single day. Um, there's me and another uh, guide down there in Texas. There's two groups every single day, and those groups are anywhere from six to fifteen people. Oh wow! So so like we manage our birds. So like. We don't let birds sit in a field no longer than like four days, you know, because they'll feed it out. Ah. I mean, you're talking, you're, you're talking 50,000 birds in one field Jeez. and in the fields are, you know, 40 acres, 60. I mean, they're not big at all. And so they're, they're That's feeding insane. it out. So we try to manage it so that it's like, okay, I'm going here and I'm going to hunt these birds. I have these other birds set up for the group of 15 guys. Cause that feeds growing. And if I shoot these ones, they're going to go over there and they're going to follow those those birds. They'll be left alone for two days. Yeah. They'll think they're safe. And then you go in there with a the group of 15 guys and we go and hunt those guys. Plus, on that day, we're going to have a 10-mile-an-hour wind, not a 6-mile-an-hour wind. Damn. Or the weather's coming. You know, whatever, everything's everything's just thawed out, you know. And then, like, we hunt cranes and stuff. So, like, cranes, cranes are my best friend when I'm down there late January when we've hunted the same birds 
the same 80,000 birds for the last three months. And, and so that is, crazy. and so January is like, like when cranes are down there, I love them because like, they don't get beat up a lot. There's no one else really hunting them. And what do you mean by beat up a lot? Um, they're not, they're, they're just, they're not getting hunted by other hunters. Okay. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They're not getting, uh, they're not getting hunted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no pressure behind them. Um, and the cranes, they come out and like, so like a typical goose, uh, like when the, when the, when the, when the roost gets up in the morning or whatever, mm-hmm. cause they usually come out in like little flocks at a time, like so do 20, roost, 30 of them. I mean, you keep saying like 80,000 birds, like mm-hmm. do these 80,000 birds have the same roost? Yeah, typically. That's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, man. there's some, well, like, and there's some birds that go to, like, loaf. So loafing is completely different than roosting. Uh-huh. So loafing is what they'll do in the middle of the day. So, like, the other day at work, right, I was over by this reservoir, and there was wheat fields to the west, and then there was, inside the subdivision, there was these little ponds, and it was 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And right away, I was like, those birds are, those birds are loafing there. Really? And so what the birds will do is their roost is the lake, They'll go feed in the wheat fields and then they loaf, this day loaf on the watershed in, in, in the neighborhood. So is that loaf? So they're just hanging out, loafing they're around? Just hanging is out. that where the Yeah, yeah they, just, they just loaf around. They just hang out, just clean, you know, clean their feathers. Kind of like what our ducks do all the time. Yeah, exactly. Just... That's exactly what they'll do. And then once it's, you know, that, that internal alarm clock says, oh, it's time to feed, you know, whenever the sun gets to a certain height. Or maybe the, like, here's also a different thing too. Let's say you don't have a win in the morning, but you have a win in the afternoon. You know that those birds are going to get up at one o'clock compared to four o'clock. So now you got to be set up earlier to, to. So to because there's wind, they're like, we got to, we got to start a little earlier today, boys. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a hell of a headwind later. Yeah. yeah a lot, that a lot. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it. And then, um, yeah. And so like, but anytime you're hunting water, you're hunting their home. So like, it's the dumbest hunting ever like Why? You, because you don't have to try oh you do, i mean it's, it's like it's, it's like Army mark proof. and Lindsay walking into their house that they normally do and then you fly low <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so they don't they're not waiting for it now if you do that enough times you're gonna be more self-aware about coming into your house now right you're gonna be like oh i've that seen this makes sense i've yeah. seen this uh trap once before but we try like when i'm down there and you're managing birds you try not to hunt the roost as much and I we in and down there we have like three or four roosts and these birds kind of day trade sometimes you know they, they'll go from here to there so there's multiple roosts so if you shoot them on one we always make it a point that we get in and we get out yeah. so we get in we 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 go set of up at roost. night yeah we get in um we we try to be there at like nine or ten um wait for a majority of all the birds to go out to feed because we don't want to drive down there and spook them all up mm-hmm. and scare them and then you know it just let them do what they do naturally go out and then you set up on them and then um when they come back from feeding and yeah. you know you're hunting their home you shoot them um and down there you're allowed two specs uh well you're allowed five dark geese and two of which can be specs what's and, what spec uh speckle belly goose so it's a white oh. it's a white fronted goose it's just a different it's okay. a, a different species of a yeah. goose um and then you know you're allowed five ducks Mm-hmm. And then there's different subspecies in those ducks. So like you're only allowed out of those five ducks. Two can Man. be pintail, or one can be a pintail now. Two can be hen mallards. Uh, you can shoot four drakes, four drake mallards. I mean, there is just no way in hell Dude, that they're the- like Drake. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No, 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 I've no. Seen no. y'all pop no. out of them holes. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, so as a guide, that is my job to keep track of what we have killed. Yeah. And there to tell go. and to tell the people like, hey. 
because I'm not shooting and I'm telling them, hey, we only need two more geese. So whoever needs to shoot their last two geese, you guys need to shoot. The rest of you guys cannot shoot. Mm-hmm. Because what ends up happening is you have if you say you need two birds and four geese come in, ten geese come in, everyone shoots. Everyone shoots. And if you'd only designate it to two people, if you got if you guys miss, we're done. And so and then a lot of it too is hunting those roosts, like I was saying. They like my boss says, twelve o'clock we're done. Like unless wow. unless we're really struggling mm-hmm. and we need that extra half an hour, we'll stay out there. To but get 12, the... 12 o'clock we're done. So what? say if some of the clients weren't hitting anything yeah yeah <laughs> see that's a hard part too because then you're going time. through the resource and mm-hmm. it's it's them missing like dude it's not like you need to go practice shooting yeah but a lot dude like down there the the clientele is just yeah I mean, it's, it's, like, there for dude, the fun of it dude they don't care they they just they want to shoot their guns and you wait to call the shot and it's uh so what do do a lot of those guys take their meat home or yeah what? all of them do Really? All of them do. So they cl- they pay me four four dollars a bird to clean clean the birds. <laughs> no kidding. So I'll take you know I'll have a hundred birds and I'll clean them in twenty minutes and bag up their meat and I just made uh, whatever four times yeah I made four hundred bucks. God dang. Made four hundred bucks. Because you just breast them. Yeah, I just breast them. So do I any to, of them ever ask you to not yeah do the breast? Yeah, and I tell I tell they ask me to uh, um, pluck them. Like oh, can you can you pluck them? That will them? be seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, so I, I tell I tell them I tell them thirty bucks a bird. Thirty? I do more than thirty. Well, because they just they say no. Oh, I, it's me trying to tell them to say no, and yeah. they usually say no because I'm not plucking a bird. Like I'll I'll breast your birds. That's just part of the hunting stuff, mm-hmm. and I can do it quick. Um, and down there, my boss he is a licensed processor, so that allows us to be able to put the names and the tags because each mm-hmm. day, each day, each day they fill out tags with their birds and got. stuff like that. Yeah. And they fill them out. And then when we go back, I breast them all out and, mm. uh, and I divvy them up and whatever they killed and I divvy them up and they take them home. I mean, it, I always wondered, cause I tell Joe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, why only the breast? Is it just too hard to process? It just seems like such a waste. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, it's, I think it's, I don't think it's a huge waste, but I think it is a waste. I mean, cause like, I feel like I've had some people breast out their birds and they go after the heart, the liver, the gizzard, mm-hmm. and then they, they take the leg, the leg meat and stuff like that. But I think just the main, main, main source is yeah. on their chest. Well, so. cause from a chef's perspective, I'm like, all right, so you render out the fat. Mm-hmm. You got the bones for stock. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the leg meat. You could pickle the feet. I mean, there's so many things, man. Like, well, there's so I, many things. I don't know how much the clients really want the meat. And they probably like, don't. I think it's because more for there's the some of them. Of that are, there's some of them that are like, well, I don't want it. And I said, well, you shot these birds. I yeah. legally cannot take these. For you real. shot these. And he, well, I don't want them. Well, you're going to have to take them, dude. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. I, I, I legally cannot touch those birds. Because you're the guide. Well, just because I didn't shoot them, you oh, shot them. Well, yeah, there you go. You that shot them. Like, like if you can gift the meat. Now, if I wanted the meat, you could gift it to me. Yeah. But I don't want the meat. You shot these birds. So yeah. now you're just, you're just doing this for. For killing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I don't know. I just, I have a big problem with people that are that are like that just like I the bet. killing part of it like don't get me wrong like that's why i do it because i like to kill yeah. them i like to shoot them it's a sport you know when they're coming in and you call the shot before they land and the ducks kind of all yeah. spread out going everywhere and it, well there's planning preparation yeah. adrenaline like timing mm-hmm. that i get 100 percent. but then also like you said you'd use the meat 
either jerky, dog food, at least something. It, it'll so get the, it'll get used as something. So like, the death it, isn't for nothing. Yeah, it's not for nothing. Someone someone is con- someone or something is consuming that meat f- for a fuller stomach. Yeah, like that is that that's is, cool. Yeah, like and I hate the people like I've I've like been scouting before and seen, you know, five dead geese off the side of the road and it's and they're in a pile and it's like they just didn't want them and I'm like. So why the fuck did why, why did it? you go kill him? That's just for the sake of killing. Yeah, and it's bullshit. It's like even like dude, you could take the meat, stick it in a freezer, and if you don't have any plans with it, like find someone that find someone that wants it. I promise you, you someone's know? hungry and yeah. wants it. Yeah. Huh. Well, at least you don't do that. That's no, good. No, I would feel horrible. Well, because really, you know, a lot of what hunters want is to be able to hunt forever. Mm-hmm. And if it's the bad ones or the more weekend hunters that do shit <laughs> yeah. like that. That yeah. make it that much more difficult. Now more mm-hmm. permits, more inspections, more everything just becomes yeah. some jackwazzle wanted to kill instead of actually. Well, and a lot of uh, like a lot of that same problem is with landowners too. Like there's a lot of people that have burnt landowners that ruin it for everyone else. So oh, yeah. someone like me that like really appreciates and will tell you thank you a million times and go buy you a case of beer for letting me hunt your property because I know if you didn't let me hunt your property, I wouldn't have killed these birds and I would have either been sitting at home. Or I would have had to go hunt private or public land or something, mm-hmm. right? So I'm super appreciative. But then there's those people that are like, "Oh, the farmer told me not to drive in the field, but it I just it, it anyway. just rained two two day or two days straight. I'm gonna go drive in the field and ruin it." And then the farmers is like, "No one ever is hunting here again." Uh, or they shoot their cows, they shoot their farm equipment. They um, because they, they're bad shots, or they just no, don't they think just, about it. No, the birds flying along the horizon, and right right when they call the sh- or right when they shoot, there's a tractor and they. <laughs> You know, they bust his windows out. Yeah, I would be so pissed. They man. shoot at their house or whatnot. I mean, whatever it may be, like, they're just not, they're not they're, smart about well, it. Well, they're, I mean, they're being selfish. Yeah. They got what they wanted, but then they didn't take into account the respect mm. for the person who gave them what they wanted. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've heard, and I've heard, guy. and I've heard stories of, uh, like, farmers getting sued because <laughs> someone trespassed on their land to go hunt, broke their foot, and then sued the landowner. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, think about it. Farming is a small community. Everyone knows each other. Like when I was farming at that dairy forever, like he knew so many different people spread across Milliken, Johnstown. And it's like, and if he has a good reputation, he's going through a lawsuit with this hunter guy, whatever. And he tells this guy, it's like, nope, I don't want no hunters. You know, now Cody Grounds is never. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you go ask and you're like, yo, dude, like. I will do any, like, whatever your stipulations are, I'll walk I'll the decoys them. in, I'll do them. Like, I just, I want to hunt, like. Yeah. And so, like, a true sportsman, I would say. Yeah. Someone who appreciates it. But it makes it hard. It. Makes, it, makes it super hard. People Man. people ruin it a lot. That's why That's why public land is just a, it's a pain in the ass. That sucks. <laughs> well, it's because that, everyone, that's, that's where everyone results. There, that's, no one wants to put in the effort to go try to kill the birds, but that's, when you have nothing else, that's where you go. Yeah. You know, but I haven't. I try not to do public land. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've just, I've created a lot of relationships through my hunting years to mm-hmm. not have to do that. And I don't have a problem doing it. Cause there's some great public land hunting, like during the week when no one else is there, like mm-hmm. yeah, there's some great public land hunting, but on the weekends and stuff, that's when it's uh just crazy dude, people shooting at each other because <laughs> this guy's across the pond and thinks it's a great dude. Cause when it's public land, you can set up anywhere. Yeah. So like I've, when I first started home with my dad, like on purpose, shooting oh, at each other. Uh, not on purpose, but they want to kill. Bit, they they want to kill the ducks so bad <laughs> that they just say, "Well, I know they're hiding there in the cattails, but I'll hit the bird." 
and I won't hit them. <laughs> and then they get hit by pellets. What are the chances I'll well, miss? Yeah. So, but like when, when I, when I first started hunting with my dad, we'd hunt public land and we would, we'd back when my dad was able to get up earlier and stuff like that. And yeah. we, you know, we'd get up at three o'clock in the morning, we'd go down to Simpson ponds and we would try to cover like just the hugest amount of area that hugest, we, nice. hugest, I know it sounded weird. You're good. You're good. <laughs> and, uh, the the most amount of area that we came with with, the, with these decoys right yeah. and then we'd have like three or four of us set up acting like those are our decoys and then when shooting light came came around we would just all come as a group so it'd keep people away from you because what they end up doing oh. is they'll, they'll set up their six decoys literally 10 yards away from you and they'll the and they'll this is my decoy spread right but they're feeding off of your decoy spread because you, you have way more you have way more you oh, got out there earlier you did bitch. all the work you put in the money to buy these decoys and then there'll be a bird coming in and they'll just shoot it like you're letting the bird work and come in and, i mean cause that's like the that's that's the that's what i get out of it is people watching do those, that yes hell people do. no dude, dude i'd you, be like you, you need do. to leave i will dude shoot you, you you don't know how many oh, fights and yelling God. that i heard like grow like just people like you mother trucker fucked up my bird you know just yelling back and forth and because he got there before this is i always hunt here right it's oh something like that but like a lot of people are cool about it like if you show up before them and and the right thing to do is be like if there's someone in the parking lot like hey where are you set up so i don't set up on you yeah hey i'm over here okay i'm gonna go this way no kidding. like yeah, there's like that's the right thing to do but there's other people that are like well i bought these six decoys i want to go goose hunting and i I'm just going to go set up. This guy's a big enough spread. But when there's a bird circling, I'll shoot it as it comes over me, even though it's landing, it, it's going to land in their decoys. They'll, they'll still shoot it. And then that like, happened to you. Oh, that's happened to me, dude. I've, what do I've you seen say? my dad, not me. Oh, I, they, I, man. I, I'm 12, 13 years old oh, okay, hunting with my okay. dad at this yeah, time. Yeah. And I've seen my dad freak out. I'd be like, this is my bird. Mm. Yeah, well, that dude in the, the or just like blast well, it so he in, doesn't get in it. the amount of like, like people like fighting, like verbally fighting mm -hmm. over a goose, and I'm just like, I would just be like, I mean, it does because it sucks you to put on that. Like, even if you can get one bird, you know, it's like it was a it was a success, mm -hmm. but like just to like have I don't know, just to get into a verbal argument. It's like, dude, you can have it. Like, if you're that. Like if you think that that bird is yours, you can you can have it. But people are like, because it's like their trophy, right? You know. Well, yeah. But I've I've seen people set Man. up like same situation. You go duck hunting, probably at Simpson Ponds. Guess where it all happens. Yeah. And because uh, it's a, it's a little ponds, you know, and yeah. someone will literally go set up right across right across from you, and then you have to go out of your way to walk across all the way the around pond. the pond and say, hey, you know that you're set up like I'm right here, right? Like yeah. you know that you know that we're gonna be shooting at each other. Yeah. Oh. I guess I go down a little ways, um, but I mean, it's public land. Oh yeah, it's bad. And <laughs> I'm not, dude. This is the stupidity behind it. Like, <laughs> like I just, yeah. I am, I am borderline at a loss for words because mm -hmm. I'm trying to picture myself in this situation. So, Be like, hey man, sorry, you must not have saw me. I'm actually set up right across. Well, you and didn't see my decoys and four of us standing here and yeah, yeah. talking. And yeah. again, benefit of the doubt, right? Walking up super nice, yeah. and then them saying something to me mm -hmm. like that, I could just see me going. Well, and the crazy <laughs> thing is, all of us. Again, that's the crazy thing is, all of us, all of us out there, all have guns. Exa well, that's and, but true none too. Of, but but it's, it's like it's, the Wild West. Yeah, man. like all of us have guns, but I mean we don't. Everyone acts right because everyone has yes, guns. Yes, yeah. Well, I just and, solved the, gall, it, the gun issue see, in America. This, this all goes back to like your first question about like, well, how did you get into it? So yeah. I spent the first, I spent like the first three or four years hunting at Simpson Ponds with my dad, 
and then um like public land then he 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 made a connection with some guy that had goose pits and so a pit is like you stick it's literally a hole in the ground and over the top use uh osb and there's little holes cut out and camouflage yeah camouflage and then over those holes is like where you cut out your hole for yourself you just stick the little uh osb board you stick it sideways and you just kind of hide in there and you call and mm -hmm. stuff like that but the birds can't see you so you can make your spread as big as you want you you're not trying to take all these decoys and hide yourself you're not trying to get brush it's already it's it, it looks just like the field mm -hmm. and so we did that for like three or four years um hunting out of that pit and that's where like i don't know that's just where it like really started for me yeah. like getting into it and stuff and then he lost that um he lost that and so we weren't doing that it kind of resulted back into going to public land and at that did you build a pit in public land no no it's no not you, allowed. no it's not allowed because it's it's an swa so it's state land oh yeah yeah sense. so a lot of times it's it, illegal like, dig holes in state property uh, those big of holes yeah I don't go big holes. <laughs> six foot hole this is mark's hole the you know 15 feet 15 feet long but then it, we resulted to go back to public land and you get to see the, the motivation my dad lost having to go back you know I bet. because now when we're hunting our own field we can go out when we want we didn't have to fight anyone there mm -hmm. like it was all of our hunting but like we all took turn it was great right no one was shooting your birds um and so when we went back there a lot of motivation he he lost a lot of motivation you could tell but like the fire was just starting in me right yeah and so like well and 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 meeting the people that i've met um like a lot of well actually all like a majority of my friends are all waterfowl hunters mm -hmm. so then you know i don't know and then social media started and you're like hey where are people killing these birds and then the curiosity started like well what's beyond this public land right mm -hmm. so then you start traveling well where are these like i'm killing these birds that are coming out of Loveland and they're and they're traveling out out uh, out south. Like where like curiosity, well, where are they going? So I followed them one day, and then that's where the whole scouting thing Just following birds. Yeah, yeah. Then that, yeah. that that's where the whole scouting thing began, like where I learned how to scout mm -hmm. and then started knocking on doors and like strangers. Yeah, strangers, complete yeah. strangers, just walking over the door and being like, Hey, like I have a quick question. Um you have geese in, in your field. I don't know if you own it but I was just looking to hunt tomorrow morning. And uh, like, at first everyone was like, yes. And it was probably because I was 16. Yeah. And I had my license, Younger so person, that helped yeah. me be able to go scout and stuff too. But I think, cause I was young, they were like, oh yeah, you're cute, you go yeah. hunt. And a lot of the same landowners, I always went back to them in the summertime and always made sure that I was able to hunt. Always told them if they needed anything, like let me know. You were, um, you were appreciative of what they because were doing. I knew the other option. Mm. The other option sucked. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. and it was so it was you were so much more successful being able to manage your own field. You were so much more successful being able to manage your own hunts like that. Yeah, and and so then that started, um, and then I don't know. I think I was like uh, 16, 17 years old, and I was like, I, I want to guide for a living. Like this is like this oh, is so what you I want. Like you I had, I, I had this, I it. had this ambition my whole entire life. Like I want to guide because I want to do what I love and I love waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Like it's a pat. It's the only thing that I am like super passionate about in life that like, if it's ever stripped away, like, I don't know what life is like without it. Like, I, I don't know how to, like, I love it. Cause you've known hunting. Yeah. I mean, longer than you've known anything. Oh else. yeah. I mean, even like with it being August and stuff, like all of a sudden I start seeing birds fly and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, September 1st is coming around, it's goosey. <laughs> oh, and then like the mate. internal alarm clock starting to go. So I'm like, shit, like it's, it's, but it's starting to go. But the, that's where the whole entire like fire started. And then, 
And then after that, I always, so then after high school ended, I was like, well, now I guess it's time to go get a real job, you know? And I, I always, I went and got a real job with my dad at his company and, uh, and it was full time, but it was like, it was just as goose season ended. So there was nothing to do. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I don't have to work this bullshit job. Like I go work at a retail job and have more time off to hunt than just the weekend. So then ever since then, I've always positioned myself so that I could hunt. Like, (laughs) and I've never, I have never worked a full-time job year round. Because like, well, I've never worked a full-time job year round working five days a week, six days a week. I've always positioned myself to be able to work four days a week and hunt three. Or I've, or I've like, when I worked at the dairy, I, I would, I'd work in the afternoons so I could hunt in the mornings. Um, s- stuff like that, huh? That's all on the couch. Like, you don't do that anymore. I know, but I'm getting there. Well, yeah, he's building up to it. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, and then, like, uh, at the cabinet shop, I'd work four days a week um, and have three days off. Uh, when I was doing excavation, um, I, at first, I'd only work three days and have four days off to hunt. And then it went up to, like, four days off or four days working, three days off. Um, and then like the job I have now, like, well, now that I'm, now that I'm guiding, um, I guess I'm a weekend hunter for like three or four weeks at the beginning. When That's, you first started guiding. Yeah. No. Like, so, so like, cause you're gone for months. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I guess I should backtrack. So, so <laughs> you're pretty lost. So, so I, that I got the a name of the podcast. <laughs> so my, my, uh, my, my buddy, he. My buddy Forrest. Let's pick a time so we can kind of anchor ourselves. Okay. So this would have been this would have been when I was twenty one. So it's 2016. Okay. So 2016, up to this point, I was, you know, positioning myself so I can hunt mm-hmm. on the weekends and work as less as possible. Whatever whatever I can do to get shotgun shells and gas money <laughs> and just be able to pay whatever bills I had, like that's all I cared about. Wow. And then 2016 came around and like I got a my buddy Forrest, um, I talked to him and it's crazy how things work out, but I talked to him like two months prior. Um, I guess I would have went down there in November. So September I talked to him and I was like, Hey man, you like, you know, anyone that's like looking for a guide or anything? And he's like, no, I don't. A month and a half later, he's like, Hey man, there's a scouting job, um, down where I'm working. And when he comes back from Texas, he always talks about how great it is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's the bee's knees. Right. And at that point, I'm like, but I don't want to scout. Like, that's not like a scouting job is like something I could teach you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, well, it, like thanks. I want to. Uh, <laughs> no. Even you could figure it out. <laughs> Danny could figure it out. <laughs> so, um, and so I was like, no, like, I'm not really sure. And I had, um, I talked to. Um, I so talked, a scout's different than a guide. I mean, I do both because I want to scout my But initially, fields. you're job would have just been scouting yeah initially my job would have okay. just been scouting you're gonna be in a no truck. client interaction no so so there's no. no tip money there's no yeah no client interaction there's there's nothing i'm just i'm in a truck you're doing um, the shitty part of the uh, job. yeah i'm in a truck every morning every afternoon i get to hunt for like an hour in the morning um but i have to be out there to see where the birds are going and so i'm like no like i want to i want to guide like that's what i want to do and i had a previous job offer to go to oklahoma and I had a previous job offer to go to Oklahoma. And when I went down there, um, I just went down there on a whim because I was like, well, I've, I've talked to these people over the phone. I should probably go hunt with them for a weekend and see what it's like, you know, and see if it's who I want to work for. No, this is when we're dating. This is when you're together. together. Yeah. Like one day I was like, Danny, I'm leaving. See ya. (laughs) No, no joke. 
back. I didn't come back. So so I, I my plan so my plan was to go down to Oklahoma. So you didn't tell her you were going to Oklahoma though. No, no, no. I told her I was oh, going to okay. Oklahoma. She knew about it in advance. Later. Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, well, I'm just gonna go down there for the weekend and see what these guys are like. Well, I was in Oklahoma. I hunted. We had a great time. Um, <laughs> killed the birds that we needed to kill. It was uh, the people were podunk as shit. But I'm like, I'm sure they were nice. They they were nice enough, but they were just podunk. Like the house, I, I, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. But it was this. It, it was. So when I was down there, I was only four out. I I was on my way home. It was a Sunday, and I literally, if I go right, it's twelve hours back to Colorado. If I go left, it's four hours to Texas. Wow. And like, the great. This thing is where about, you were hunting. Yes, yep. in Oklahoma, and I. And the great thing about like hunting for me is like it takes you all around the world so you can like even when we went to ireland i'm like i want to go hunt i remember you know? yeah like even if if i wanted to go to sweden like i can go see sweden and i get to go do what i love and hunt right so i was like well i've never been to texas and so i called Forrest and i talked to my boss now and i made sure that he was going to pay me i made sure everything was like okay this is what's happening this and this and this yep okay so i drove down to texas and i, I I didn't come back for three months. <laughs> I didn't come back for three <laughs> Wait months. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're telling me what was, you thought was just going to be like a weekend yeah. or a long week or whatever turned into a three-month three job? Yeah, and now and now a four-year career. That is amazing, though. Yeah. Those are the opportunities that change lives, so, No, and it's it's 100% because— Those decisions so, right there. Yeah, and it's— it was one of those things that I was uncomfortable doing mm -hmm. because I wasn't Talk getting paid that great. Comfort zone. Yeah. Well, and I'm driving, dude, I'm driving through Indian reservations in Oklahoma, like just places I haven't been to. And it's, it's a little nervous and, and I don't know who I'm expecting down there or who, who I'm working for or anything. And so I went down there and then that's where like the guiding career started. Yeah. Like, so I went down there and the, I was a scout for the first year and I did, I don't know, I did a great job and I told Forrest that I wanted to run hunts and I think he told my boss. Yeah. So my boss booked a couple more groups and I think I ran maybe 10 hunts or something, <laughs> but I made, like, I saw the tip money, right? Yeah. And I'm like, $1,000 and I just ran you guys for one morning. And so then after that, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I came back and I'm like, I'm going to do it again. Hell and now yeah. I, and now I'm five years into it and now I guide someone else scouts for me. <laughs> the money is unbelievable. The clientele yeah. is unbelievable. The, like the the friendships down there are crazy, like unbelievable as well. And it's it's one of those things like you just said. Like I I constantly look back at it that if I would have just said no, I wouldn't be buying a duplex. Yeah. I would. I'd probably be working a nine to five. I would. You know, like it, mm -hmm. there's just so many different. different if you would have not taken a risk. Mm -hmm. And been like, this most likely should work out. That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. This most likely. And I always tell myself, I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, you have your vehicle, you can drive home. Yeah, that's like, true. That's it. Like, Home's always there, man. Yeah. R taking a chance on yourself yeah. most of the time is one of the best things you can do. Because yeah. even if it doesn't work out, you still can survive. Mm -hmm. And once you know that you're not just made of glass and like, listen, even if this doesn't work out, now I can just keep trying stuff mm -hmm. because I'm fine. Like you said, worst case scenario, you just come home. Yeah. Isn't you were going to die? I mean, unless they yeah, and my boss pulled a Dick time, Cheney on you. But I mean, other than that. My boss. <laughs> you ever had anybody Cheney anybody else? Uh, in these yeah. Hats, man? So, I, so my first year going down to Texas. So Dick Cheney, sorry. 
he accidentally blasted yeah. somebody he was hunting with. Killed him, didn't he? No, I think he just put a, a lot of pellets in the you backside sure? of that guy. I'm pretty sure. Pretty I think sure. he killed him. I think, but anyway, we'll look but, that up. But. So going like dove season down there in Texas is unbelievable. It, uh, like the amount of Texans that love dove hunting is crazy. Um, but we, well, we I went dove hunting, um, or I was guiding dove hunts, and it's really just adult, um, adult supervision for uh, for these dove hunters and stuff. You get them set out or, uh, around the perimeter of the field and stuff. But there's dove hunters that think they can do the same thing. And they go and they just like same thing as what like the same thing as the public land hunting like they just oh. they're just like well I'm gonna like we're in this giant field so I'm gonna go in the middle of it and around this whole entire perimeter of this field is trees so everyone's shooting like this from the trees and, and so yeah and everyone's shooting at the guys in the middle yeah just dumb Should've and so slugs. there was there was one guy that um, my buddy Derek down there he said that he uh, this uh, this this uh, uh, father shot his or this son shot his father. And the funny part about it is the guy was being a complete asshole to Derek and Derek was about to tell him to pack up shit up and leave. And then his son shot him. <laughs> yeah. With, with, uh, you know, seven shot bird. Le- shot. Yeah. Bird shot. <laughs> oh my God. Just smoked him. But it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't kill so him. So Dick Cheney didn't kill him. No, out. but it's the yeah. same concept. Yeah. How like was the guy uh, that I, got shot? Yeah. He had to go to the hospital. Damn, man. <laughs> Little small hospital where I work and stuff, but uh, he was fine. Back to Danny's thing about the dog, right? Being in the kennel. Emma, so none of the other dogs could go out because they would just venture off. Hold on, this noses. isn't a true start. So we had to take a little break. Um, we are now talking about Cody bringing his dog, Emma, down to Texas after her and Danielle were together and Emma hadn't been hunting for a while. Right. Go ahead. Right, yeah. So I, I took Emma down to Texas and uh, she did not, she was not used to kennels at all. Um, she was not used to kennels. Like she hated the idea of it. Right. But all the dogs had to stay in kennels. So when I'm down there, all the dogs stay outside. They're not allowed inside. So like they have little huts, little igloos that they sleep in at night and stuff like that. And Emma wasn't a fan of that. I tried putting her in my truck and that worked for a couple weeks. And then I go out and my front seat is tore up cause she's scratching at the seat. Nice. And I was like, Nope, like you lost your privilege. You're out in the kennel. And, and, uh, I told Danny like, Hey, Emma's been in the kennel for, and she didn't like it. She got used to it after a while, but so like during the middle of the day, my dog wouldn't run away. All the rest of the guys' dogs would run away. So I'd let Emma out in the front lawn and she would just sit there and sunbathe in the front lawn the whole morning. You, 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 I could go inside and go to sleep and not come out for four hours. And she's just sitting there. That's she, crazy. She would, she would, she would watch, she would watch everyone else come out that door. Cause she'd hear the door, screen door open. She'd walk every, watch everyone else come out that door. And if I didn't come out, she would just sit there and wait for me. And then when I came out, she was like, okay, I guess it's time to go scout. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. She, she wouldn't run off or anything. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. There's no way. I love my dog. And my so dog much, was the only no one way. that didn't have a shark collar on. Yeah. My dog was this verbal commands, like sit, lay down. Man. Theirs was like zap. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. See, and that's why I don't know why you wouldn't take a trained dog. Honey? Like until it's trained, I really feel that's just dangerous for the dog. It's it's super dangerous for the dog, like to go hunting and stuff like that. Like, and it's annoying. It's super because they ruin so many hunts. The dog runs out or doesn't Too come early. back when it's supposed yeah. to. Blows out the birds, or even the dog jumps in front of the guns. Like, there's a guy I work with where his dog leaps over people while they're shooting because it breaks. So Emma, I knew Emma broke, and for the client's out, uh, break. 
So they so as soon as you called the shot or as soon as the shot went off or shots went off at the birds they like go. when you're shooting, yeah, they just take off running. Oh wow. And so like I said the one guy his dog would do that, but it would leap over people as they're shooting. And that's a good so way for a dog go to get after die. the first shot, but there's like yeah. eight other people there's eight that guys still with guns. There's eight guys with guns pointed up in the air and the dog's Ooh. leaping over everyone. It's just and the clients are, clients look back like what the you know, yeah. so my dog, I was like, I'm not dumb. So I tied him up to a leash and she would break, you know, first couple goes. And after that, she realized she's on a leash. And so she'd wait for me to let her go. But I'd, I would, after we got done shooting, I would let her go and I'd let her go pick up the birds. That's crazy. Cause mm -hmm. she's terrified of sounds. Yep. I mean, you can shoot a shotgun right next to her ear. That she could be right here and boom, doesn't care. <laughs> But then if the ro if the Roomba goes off, the little beep makes her <laughs> yeah. try to dig to China through the carpet. Yeah, she's weird. That is wild. That's yeah. a very different thing. So yeah. I really also want to touch on how hunting made you an Instagram model. Oh. Um, Maybe Insta not famous. Instagram model, but he's, what I don't know what, Insta famous. But Cody Grounds at Instagram.net or... Dot I don't know. Look up, org. look up Cody dot or Cody underscore grounds on Instagram and you will see some freaking unbelievable waterfowl pictures yeah. as well as you post some of your other stuff on there too though, right? No, this is just strictly waterfowl photography. This okay. Is it. So it's uh the so the whole reason so like they're just it, amazing. Yeah. Well it's a lot of it's the same thing. It's a lot of years of hard I don't know, just it's learning, you know, learning yep. how to take pictures because it's it's an actual art and you got to have the eye for it. And you also have to have the eye for editing as well. And um, the 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 photography started because my buddy Austin got a camera and uh, he got it. He got it to take photos of birds like you see on my Instagram coming in and stuff like that. Well, at the time I got a I got a camera, I think like the year after. When about was this? Um, this would have been like 14 okay. or something like that, 2014 yep. or something. Um, but I got it because I had a Samsung phone and literally a week into it, I dropped it on the ground, rock went right through the right, right through the camera. And like for me, like having like having the hero pictures, which is like the kill pile pictures. Mm -hmm was like a big deal to me. Like I had to have like the proof of what I shot. And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna go buy a $500 camera and I could also do this if I'm really into it, right? Well, I went and got the camera and then it just took off. Like uh, all, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I could take pictures of birds coming in. I could take pictures of dogs picking up birds. I can take, I can take pictures of anything, right? Like yeah. while I'm hunting. And then it, t and then, and then I started following more people on Instagram, um, that I idolize, you know, as like far other as hunters, other, other, uh, hunter photographers, for, hunter photographers. Okay. So they do the same thing. They, they waterfowl hunt and that like, like killing, being a killer in the sense of, um, hunting, yeah. like killing animals is, is above photography or anything else in my it, for me above. like above like photography like i i don't ever pick photography over going and hunting birds gotcha yeah. hunting is more important than photography yeah being like being being having my 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 tools sharpened as far as a killer is more important to me than <laughs> hunter than a hunter <laughs> yeah we, I'd say in, hunter. in, in, in yeah. the hunting world yeah, we call yeah, it yeah. killer um 
And so that just took off, and then I got more into it, more into it, started taking that more as pictures. In your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then yeah. So then I started posting the pictures on Instagram because the people I idolized did it, and I'm like, oh, I want to try to recapture that photo. I want to try to recapture this photo. And then um, it came it came along with just being a guru about like, well, why does this camera different different types of cameras do this? Um, and then here, you know, other photographers are using Lightroom. So like, oh, I got to get Lightroom and then I got a better computer. And then it kind of just all elevated from from See, there. And then with the, the great photos came with people acknowledging it on Instagram and then wanting to follow me because of my content that I produce. Hmm. So it I don't know. It's, so uh, you just the the idea with the Instagram wasn't to get famous. No, you just it wasn't wanted to show off your, it, what you were doing. Yeah, exactly, and that's the same. And that's the same reason today as it stands. Like I may have twenty thousand followers, but that I don't give a shit whether it's twenty or a thousand. I just want to show off the pictures. Uh, it's it's a place for me to show off the pictures that I've created. Yeah. Um, it's in your the, art gallery. It, yeah, it's my it's my online portfolio in a sense. So, but. <clears throat> it's um i don't know i love it it's a, it's a great one well, then other people acknowledge it too you know they're mm -hmm. like you know it's a i don't know good self-esteem place where they're like good job great photo and yeah. it's weird because usually the the photos that i think are the greatest are the ones that people don't really say anything and the other other photos that i think are just blah they <laughs> they, they oh my off. god it's so wow. cool i'm like yeah do you have a particular <laughs> photo yes um that is your all-time is it this one well, on and i didn't even, i didn't even take it I didn't even take it. Well, okay. No, the, but that is that is my all-time favorite. My that guy down in for or down in Forest, that guy down in Texas that I first started working with Forrest, he he took he took that photo. That's up on our wall here. Yeah, so we got a picture of it's a canvas one, right? Yeah. So we got a canvas picture of Emma picking up a bird. Um it's just very cool. It's it has very, a lot of emotion, it has a lot of story really behind does. it, yeah. It really mm -hmm. does. The, it's got Cody in the background, a decoy. It really just Perfectly kind a of banded, epitomizes. A banded speckle belly. A, See the band on his leg? Yeah, his band there. Banded, yeah. Speckle <laughs> belly. Yeah. So those bands are like trophies. So like when you kill one, it's like a trophy. Like you stick it on your lanyard, you know. Yeah. And, and, and in the hunting world, even though for me, um, it doesn't mean shit. You could have a million of those things on your lanyard, and I don't think you're a better hunter. But other hunters, when they look at your lanyard, that's what they look at and they hmm. and they're like oh this guy's this guy's the world's best hunter because he has all those leg bands on his but but isn't it, the band just means they were captured once and cataloged it is a psychological <laughs> stupid thing that hunters have i mean i was part of it like yeah. oh when i saw someone with a full lanyard back when i was younger i'm like this guy knows how to kill birds this guy's the best hunter in the world right i gotta be with i gotta hang out with this guy and, and it's really just you know, luck though <laughs> it really is well yeah. and not only just that but when you're hunting with a group of guys like you draw for it so like you'll stick shotgun shells in a hat and there will be one red one and the rest will be black and if you get the red one it's yours you might have not even shot it oh the band you mean yeah the band yeah oh, yeah well because i the, the part that's kind of funny to me is the scientists managed to do that while it was alive. You yeah. guys had to kill it to get the no, band no, but, back. No, no, but that, that's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the point of the band. So the point of them banning birds is for us hunters to harvest them and give them that information back. So the oh really yeah so like so the banning projects like so speckle bellies, lesser Canada's, um, snow geese, um, a lot of ducks. They all go, they all go up north to go to go uh, mate. You know. Mm -hmm. And that happens, you know, May, June, July. Um, 
not really so much in August because they're already starting to fly by now, but um, happens in the summer months and they go up there when they're molting. So when birds can't fly, when their flight feathers are falling out and they're mm -hmm. getting new ones, their bodies, you know, kind of shedding, shedding those, uh, those feathers, they go up there and they capture them with nets. Mm -hmm. um, they have rocket nets. So like ducks will be swimming up to this corn pile and having a good time. And all of a sudden they'll just be this, Humans. this <laughs> huge rocket net yeah. shot over and they capture all these birds and, and they, they band all the birds, they sex them. So they tell them they're female, male, they, they can, um, they, they can usually tell how old they are. Um, if a lot of them, a lot of them will be with their mom, moms and dads. So there'll be a lot of, bu a bunch of little babies. So they will be like, this year was this, this bird was banded as an adult. So that means when they captured it, it could have been 14 years old when it was banded. Gotcha. Um, but then there's some certificates. 14? Yeah. Like it could. Yeah. I shot a, I shot a banded, uh, Canada lesser that was 22 years old. 22 year it, old bird. Yeah. It was. How yeah. long do they live? Like what's um, an old bird? So the, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I've heard of the oldest Canada goose band ever being shot was 50, or 32 years old. And that's on a large Canada. So we got to like get parties. a goose, man. And that then bitch du would ducks, be us ducks, for the rest of our lives. Ducks were the same way. Ducks, ducks. The oldest one I think was shot was 35. All right, so most common garden birds have an average age of between two and five years. However, the maximum lifespan recorded for any of these birds is much higher. For example, the average age of a blue tit is 2.7, but the oldest recorded was 21 years old. So in other words, we don't fucking know. No, no, no. <laughs> that, no, no. And that's the thing is you don't know. Like you, We don't know, man. You we... don't know, but the the the... The cool, like the the maps that they can create with those banded birds, like when you report that banded bird back, like one of my buddies in Texas shot one from Greenland, shot a banded Ross goose in green from Greenland. That's amazing. Yeah, so that bird flew all the way down. Like, and just think about all that it saw. They they throw collars on the birds too, and the collars, some of them are colored. So like a lot of the ones we have in Texas are red, and they go on speckle bellies. And the collars are just so that, like, biologists, when they're off the road and they see a, a speckle belly feed or wherever they're at at that time, they look with the spotting scope and they, they see the collar and it says XYZ. And then they type in XYZ and they say, this bird was reported in Arkansas. Uh, yeah. You know, and then let's say I see it, but I'm in Mexico. I can report it in Mexico. And I, so then at that, you can say, okay, that bird was banded here and it was reported here, here, here. And then all of a sudden you just see... It's weird how the maps work, man, but you could see you could see a bird go back north for some stupid reason, nonstop flight for 27 hours and land and then pick up a day later and fly all the way back. Hmm. Like there's some of the speckle bellies that we there's a biologist that stays at our stays at our lodge down there because he bans the speckle bellies. So we give him access to our 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 lakes and he yeah. goes down and rocket nets them the same way <laughs> I was telling you with corn and stuff. And he was showing us maps and there was a bird that went. I don't know. I don't know what it was as far as it was a short amount of time, but I don't know. It was a really short amount of time, but I don't know how many days it was, but it flew from where we, where I work in Texas. It goes, it went all the way to Arkansas, went from Arkansas all the way to the Yucatan Peninsula, then stayed down there for like less than 24 hours and flew all the way back to where, where we hunt. Like just dude, just for no reason. Like I asked him like, why? Was there a cold front or something? Yeah. That, he's like, no, just for no no reason. And then there's some where they're there. There was a there was a neck collar that uh, that was there, and it flew down, or it was sitting in the field. It, it would go out and feed in the same field every day, all goose season long. And we never hunted that field. 
So just by luck. Yeah, but a lot of, so a lot of the way that they get those, a lot of the, uh, I guess a detail that I'm missing is a lot of the way that they get those, uh, um, uh, information. The, the, the information yeah. for the maps is they have, they have transmitters on them. So like, uh, so on the collar, they have a solar panel. The solar panel is like 3,500 bucks, just the collar is, but they put them on those birds and they, uh, that's how they get that information back. And like ducks, they put backpacks on them. So they stick like little solar panels on their, they call them backpacks. Yeah. Cause it wraps around their, wraps around their wings and it's embedded in their back. And they, that's how they get, and there's a little, little antenna on the back Jeez. of their, and they, and they, they fly and that's how they get information. And then like kind of the old school information is throwing a band on their leg and wait till a hunter shoots it. And then all, all the only, the only information you have at that time, if it's just a leg band is, you know, that it was banded this date and time at this place. And it was shot at this date and time. So that 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 22 year old lesser Canada that I shot was banded in none of it Canada in 1998 and died this time in Texas. In 2008. Yeah. Two, no, 2018 or something. 2019. That would be 10 years, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Huh. yeah. So what's the whole point, though? The, it's just the like why do we so, why do we track and so, shoot them so, with rockets and all so the other stuff the biggest the biggest reason we do it is to see the bird numbers and how the hunting population is affecting is those affecting numbers. it so my hunting like in texas we're only allowed two specs well that is because they can't get good information on those speckle bellies because they go to the north slope of alaska and they and and they they their banning projects are right before like literally the North Pole because you can't get to the North Slope of Alaska unless it's frozen like all those oil rigs mm -hmm, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So those speckle bullies go way, 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 way north where you can't get. You can't get that. Well, and you can't get the you can't get the human resources. You know, it takes mm -hmm. dozens of people. To That's do, an expedition. Well, and dozens of volunteers to fly an airplane back there. Who knows how long you're gonna be back there? You have to round up all these birds. You have to collect all. You have to have all this equipment with you to do this project. And so, like the birds that I shoot down there and the bands that I get, they're from North Slope of Alaska, but kind of on the south south end of it, where humans can get to, and yeah. it's easier for the because the the government gives them money to do this. The government oh, gives I'm them sure. money to do this, but the the rest of it's volunteer work. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the biologist gets the money, but uh, it's all volunteer work. And that's one thing as a waterfowl hunter that I have not done that I really, really want to do. Contribute is be, to that. Well, I just want to be a, a I want to be a volunteer and do the banning project. I, I think haven't done Mike it. Rowe did it. On a dirty job. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, they had the nets and the rockets. Well, just just, ima thing, just imagine like the most desolate part of Alaska, and but yeah. I mean, but but the birds. I, imagine there's fly. not an imaginary line in between They're... Alaska and Canada. Stretch that whole, you know, stretch that, stretch stretch that across like none of it and stuff. Like it's just none you fly in an airplane in there and like that's all. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's no McDonald's. There's no town. There's Eskimos. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> Eating you know, seals. Yeah, yeah. But then there's, there's also like local, local banded projects. So like the geese that you see on the front range here at your park, those were transplanted here. Those were not ever here. The reason they're here is to create an opportunity for hunters to go out and have an early season goose hunt before the actual season starts. Yeah. Wait a minute. So I'm not, so I'm not me kidding you. I'm not there's kidding. There's these roving black vans just taking geese and transplanting them to the kill chamber <laughs> no so it's it's like a <laughs> i mean so, it sure as hell sounds like it so i, I mean i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm assuming some person's rocket, up some person's are involved some person's up in saskatchewan and they rob a goose's egg 
egg or a, ne a nest. They take their eggs, and I mean, I mean, this kind of how it started or whatever. Because now you now you can find now you can raise those birds and create birds like crazy right now. But the I'm assuming that's what they did, and they took the eggs, they hatched them, they you know, and then they raised them. They could fly, and they left them, and they just transplanted them into a park. Now that's their home. You know, that's their home, and that's all they know is home. That's why there's park geese. Huh. And don't get me wrong, there is some... So you're talking about, like, down in... Where's the one with the train? Sculpture Park? Yeah, those are all transplanted. Those are not... Someone just stole babies and oh, put them in there, huh? Yeah, and they're called moffat geese. So, like, there's, so there's, why don't, there's subspecies inside. Why don't the other birds land in those? Too they do. Too many people? Uh, you mean, like, wild birds? Like, 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 why don't other birds roost there? Why did it take baby stealing um, to do it? Well, because... All the birds go north to go, uh, to go like it's internally. Oh, these ones don't? Internally. No, these birds just stay here. Like they just stay. That's why they're parkies. They just stay here. And don't get me wrong. Like there is some like wild birds that are like, shit, I don't have to fly 2,000 miles. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> they figure it out. Yeah. But like all your transplanted birds, like the, or all your local birds are all transplanted. Huh. They're, they're all trans. Like, Who's transplanting these birds? Biologists. So like there's a park. Working for who? The government course you, uh, i you, knew US, it us us uh they're all usgs out. they work for usgs because that's where you report the your geological band. survey uh -huh. yep or ain't center no but they do like they United do States they do like rocks something. and shit like that they do all kinds of things and birds yeah but i mean it's 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 a i mean it's it's amazing what they but like yeah your birds in your birds in canada are not mm. uh or your birds in your park are transplanted those those were never ever meant to be here they were never just wild birds sitting there like they were and then they ban those as well and they ban those and you go and shoot them and that's how they tell their local population <laughs> so then they set their dates huh. so that uh, that's one thing i forgot so the reason they ban the birds is for to set dates so they set the they set the dates um for how many birds you can shoot that season so if there's a huge kill off a hill a huge die off well now you're now in this flyway you can only shoot three three ducks or you can only shoot three geese and they dictate yeah, they, they dictate. So yeah, that's that's what the band's huh. for. So that they so that when you report it, it says okay, yes, there's a lot more, there's less die-offs, natural cause deaths. We can, um, you know, we can we can bump the bird limit up one limit. Huh. So like when I started, it was only three birds a limit or three birds per person. Then it went to four. Now it's been at five ever since I can remember. Conservation. Yeah, conservation. But Sweet. it seems like you can't kill enough of them because you can kill ten of them. You can still kill ten geese and uh, well. You can kill eight Canada's two specks in Oklahoma, and like in then in in, in Is Oklahoma Canada. the bird or the state? Oklahoma, the Oklahoma the state. Yeah, okay. like, yeah, but it's di it's different. It does. I don't know. They they repopulate like crazy. Huh. Well, Cody, this has been an awesome. Yeah. I've learned so much. I can keep going. I know you Just can. Keep asking but I can't because I got yeah, I got yeah. somewhere to go. But you got you're coming back though. Okay. You like me and Cody. <laughs> have so many things to talk about but clearly if we get on a good subject cody yeah. can go for long time oh, i can talk your fucking ear dude's off. got knowledge for days um so if you'll have us we'll definitely have you back okay right so we gotta Thank we you. gotta wrap her up um so typically we say you know if you got any final words but i don't know if we have time for that no i'm just kidding if you got any final words anything you want to pimp out um I mean, obviously, Instagram. We'll put his link to his Instagram. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's got anything you want to say? No. No. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. <laughs> thanks for uh, being here. So, and for all of you guys, thanks for listening. So, until next time.
We'll see you. See you.